two, one. Hello and welcome everyone to the No Outlet Podcast. And folks, I know I say it a lot, but um, tonight is a very, very special show. And as you can tell by the music that I'm playing in the background, it has to do with a sport. A sport that not everybody can do. A sport that's... uh, that's one of those sports, it's mythical almost. And I'm talking, of course, about surfing. And it's, um, not anybody can just go surf. Uh, anybody can learn how to surf, but you have to be taught. You have to be taught by someone that knows the craft, that knows the sport, that's got experience. I mean, the ocean is a, is a mighty, powerful force. And if you're not careful, the ocean will tell you exactly who's boss. So then you'd say to yourself, well, Ethan, if I, if I want to learn how to surf and I don't know how to surf, and I'm supposed to respect the ocean, well, what am I supposed to do? And and we're all about solving problems here on the No Outlet Podcast, and tonight we are solving another problem, because tonight we are lucky enough to have somebody on the show who not only knows how to surf, um, but is somebody who is teaching others how to surf. And um, But without any further delay... Please give a warm, no-outlet welcome to Davo the Wavo. Davo, how are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, uh, I used to love surfing, and um, I, I, I still kind of admire the people that go out there and do it, especially in New England. So we are going to play a yeah. game called 20 Questions, and it always starts right. the exact same place, and that's question number one. It's the most obvious question we've got to start with. We've got a full studio audience here, folks listening at home. Tell everyone listening how you first got into surfing. Well, uh, originally I'm from Long Island, New York, and uh, I grew up playing in the ocean and around the water for you know my whole childhood. Uh, I grew up riding boogie boards and styrofoam surfboards back in the 80s. Uh, Eventually, after begging my dad, he bought my brother and I a boogie board to share. Um, after that, I stand. I started standing up on the surf on the boogie board. Pardon me. Mm-hmm. And after a while of me not letting my younger brother borrow it and spending splitting our time on it, I uh, saved up enough of money to go purchase a used surfboard from a local surf shop that uh, at the time I was going to grammar school right across the street. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of a natural fit, you know, uh, at that point in life on Long Island, there wasn't much to do with surfing. Uh, There wasn't many young kids doing it. Sure. And uh, I can't tell you, but all of a sudden I bought a surfboard. I took it home. I remember taking a butter knife to it and taking the wax off. And honestly, I had no clue. And I ordered a wetsuit through a surfing magazine at the time. Mm-hmm. And once I got that, and uh, it was on my birthday, and I just turned 11 years old, my dad took me to the ocean, um, a place called Cedar Beach on Long Island. And that was the first experience I ever had in the ocean with a surfboard. And, uh, everything I did was wrong. <laughs> I, had, I had the wrong wetsuit. I froze. I was purple on the way home. I never took the wetsuit off. My dad took me to the surf shop where I bought the surfboard. And 
you know, from then on, it was just a roller coaster of, uh, really a great experience. I love it. And, uh, yeah, I, I didn't know anything about anything. I had the wrong wetsuit. I had no wax on the board, you know, hypothermia. I was a little kid. My dad was just trying to make me happy. <laughs> I love that. So you, you mentioned a surf magazine. So uh, this is a before the internet question. Um, cause I used yeah. to love going to, I'd go to the mall and I'd go to the, uh, there was that one store that had all the magazines and c- cigarettes and everything. And they had every magazine yeah. you think of, I think it was called the yeah. smoke ring. And, and so, and they had all these surfer yeah. magazines. What was your favorite go-to surf magazine back then? Uh, back then, uh, the first, it would be surfer magazine and then surfing. And then over time, you know, it was, you know, Eastern surf, which is based in Florida and it's pretty much covers the whole Eastern coast, uh, the surf scene when print was still going, but surfer and surfing definitely were the early, the early part. Absolutely. I mean, it was back when you could send somebody off a dollar in an envelope with your address and they'd send you back a bunch of stickers for a buck, you know? And yes. that's pretty much how I got the, the, the wetsuit, you know? Right. That's so and cool. That's and again, the, the thing that was really cool about those surf magazines was, you know, yeah. again, this is all, I think we're probably about the same age. This is all pre-internet. So you couldn't just, now it's like, yeah. if you want to see what it looks like, to surf a wave in Australia or anywhere else in the world, you pick up your phone and boom, you're looking at it. But back then there, there was not an easy way to see what that looks like. But then you got that magazine and you saw what mm-hmm. a 20 foot wave looked like. You saw what, you know, mm-hmm. Hawaii looked like, what yeah. California looked like. It was really kind yeah. of like a, it was almost like a, a transporter. Like it brought you to a place yeah. that was so foreign. You know what I mean? Yes, I waited every month for that magazine, and I read it inside out within an hour, and I just kept doing that till I got the next one of the next month. <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, were you like me? So back in, so I was in junior high, you know, mid eighties. Did you well, back mm-hmm. then? Were you like? Did you have like Ocean Pacific shirts and stubbies and all those different uh, brand of surfwear that came out? You know, uh n- so no, I didn't. Um, I didn't really ever have too much surf stuff until, you know, I got that surfboard when I was 11 from a certain surf shop that later on years, years later on that I ended up managing and oh, working so cool. at from when I was, from basically when I was 12 years old, I started outside picking up the trash and then cutting the grass. And then the following year he let me work inside. And, you know, I looked like a little kid and, and it was pretty funny, you know, cause I ended up spending a lot of my high school years working there and then being in Florida and then flying back up and working. And, uh, when I was a little older, so I was very, very, very fortunate. Um, I was able to, you know, get the clothing and get all that kind of stuff at a very affordable price. Mm -hmm. Um, and I also, you know, was very, very lucky to be in that situation to get a lot of free things. So that was kind of my introduction, uh, introduction to any kind of surf clothing or surf brands. Yeah. I mean, if you're into surfing and you know, you're, you're looking to, 
to, to work someplace as a kid, it's like, is there a better place in the surf shop? I don't think so. Um, it sounds no, like, a, yeah. like, a, like a dream job. All right. So you, you get yeah. introduced, you, you, you try, you, you turn purple, you do everything. You start working at the mm-hmm. surf shop, then you keep yeah. going and you're still doing it now. I mean, was there ever a point where surfing was more than just a hobby? Like, did you ever go on tour of any kind? Did you ever get a sponsor? Like where did the journey as a surfer take you? Um, you know, yes, I took it very, very serious for a long time. Um, you know, it took me a long time to get to that point where I felt confident enough to call myself a good surfer. Mm -hmm. And when I got to that point, things started happening and I was, I was sponsored by Quicksilver and then Airwalk. Um, I had local surfboard guys making my boards and I was very lucky to have them. Um, and you know, over time it was just, I, I just surfed all over, you know, Florida and with a lot of world champs and a lot of really, really good surfers. And once I got to another level, I started traveling more. Um, I did do contests for a little bit, uh, I learned how to lose more than win, but I, I, I know the feeling of both, uh, and I have great memories of everything and the friends I've made along the way. And like I said, I've been very fortunate to meet and surf with all kinds of surfers of all different levels, yeah. you know, that is and so it, cool. it, thank you. Yeah. And, uh, it, it was, uh, I took it very serious for a very, very long time. Um, and, uh, it's been a long time since I've done any contests, but the ones, like I said, there's definitely memorable ones. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's so cool. I mean, I I had no idea. I mean, Quicksilver and Airwalk are two huge names, especially back then. Like those are, those are serious sponsors. That's really cool. So where is the, Thank you. yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously you were dedicated to it and it paid off. Where was the um, furthest away, if you will, destination that you were able to surf at? And at any point, you know, in your life, like where Mm -hmm. has your surfing adventure taken you? Yeah, uh, that's another thing. It's taken me to a lot of really cool places close and far. Um, You know, I was also, I was the type of guy that once I went to a place such as say Costa Rica, for example, mm-hmm. uh, I fell in love with the culture and the people and the environment. Therefore I would go back over and over. Um, I've done the whole Pacific coast and I've surfed out in Panama, um, which was a really unreal experience. It was off an Island and it was off grid and it is a real surf experience with boats and jumping in the water and, getting back in the boat and, you know, I always like the warm weather and warm water, which is kind of, which is ironic because now I'm up in Maine, but you know, that's a different story. (laughs) That's so cool. So, and and so when we're getting closer to you opening your, your surf school. So currently you're, you're living in Maine. Where is your, local surf spot like if you could say right now like this is the easiest spot for me to go surfing where is that i generally go to popham beach okay or reed state park so and for those that don't uh have an a plus in the geography of maine whereabouts is that 
Okay, so I'm up in Pemaquid. It takes me about 45 minutes to go south. Um, if you're coming from Portland, it's probably a little over an hour to okay. get to, and it's just outside of Bath. Sure, sure. That's a great area. So you're kind of close, yeah. not close, but in like the Harpswell, Bailey Island, Bowden yeah. area a little bit. Is that right? I believe Yes, I believe so, yes. That's cool. Okay, so as we mentioned in the intro, um, you've recently started a surf school, um, and and I'd love to hear more about that. So uh, first of all, tell me, you know, bridge the gap between, you know, you started as a kid, you started working at the surf shop, you got into contest, you you still love it, you're in Maine. What made you want to open the surf shop? How does it work? Tell us all about it. Well, at the moment, it's just surf lessons, and I just started a little clothing line with my wife. Uh, eventually, I would love to open a shop up here. Yeah, but, I misspoke. I said shop. I meant surf school. Sorry. Yeah. No, no worries. No worries. Uh, you know, I I started coming up here a few years ago with my wife, and I fell in love with the whole area and the surf scene. Um, it's a lot of older guys on longboards. It's very mellow. Mm-hmm. Um, and my spot my spot that I surf, it has its moments. I don't want to get it too crowded, but um, it can be a really great wave. And for me, from traveling, um, I really, I kind of at this point know what a good wave is and when the stars align sure. um, up here, I, I love it so much. Uh, so over, t- over the last few years, I've just hooked up some uh, co-workers with lessons, you know, taking some of my boards and here and there. And last summer, I got a little bit more into it with, again, the support of, of my wife. And the attention's just kind of grown and grown. And this year, I'm doing pretty well. So far, I'm still um, open and booking sessions um, until November. Wow. I... Uh, I, yeah, thanks. And uh, I provide the surfboard and the wetsuit. And it's generally a two-hour session. Um, and it's, you know, I, I focus on surf etiquette, um, ocean awareness, and water safety. And after, you know, about a 15, 20-minute instruction on the beach, uh, we head out. And I'm in the water swimming and I'm right there with the students. I only do two or three at a time. So everybody learns. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's, it's been going pretty well and it's, you know, it's just about a lot. It's, it's patience. You know, I tell my students all the time, you know, the ocean is crazy. Like you said earlier, you know, the fear of the ocean is, uh, is a good thing to have. Um, and I definitely emphasize on surf etiquette because that's very, very, very important. Yeah. And, uh, just, you know, it's just like driving a car is rules, you know, and it helps. That's really cool. I mean, you kind of read my mind. One of my questions here was about, because obviously you think about surf lessons, obviously this person is going to teach me how to stand up and how to surf, but just as important is the etiquette and knowing when to yield, knowing when, okay, this is a wave I can take. And, how not to, because yeah. I mean, 
it's it's no joke because it's like you pay you know if you want to go play pick up basketball or soccer it's yeah. like and you're not that good yeah. you don't know the rules no one's really going to get hurt but if you're out in the middle of the ocean i mean the ocean's always going to win the ocean is is terrifyingly yeah. strong um yes. and, and so yeah you almost have to know that so give me one give uh the people in the audience here listening at home give us one example of uh, a surf etiquette lesson that you would make sure that all of your students understood when they were done with their, with their course? Uh, it's hard to just say one thing, but my, my whole thing is, you know, um, if a spot's crowded, walk down the beach a little bit, hold on to your surfboard when you're walking out or paddling out, Mm -hmm. uh, stay out of everybody's way. If you see somebody catching a wave or riding a wave, Obviously, don't try to catch it or get in their way. Um, and then, uh, I, you know, uh, water safety, you know, landmarks, currents, riptides. There's a lot, you know. So I, I, kinda, I try to cover as much as possible, yep. you know. And from my experience, um, it just helps um, with everything, you know. Um, not all surfers are mellow, easygoing guys, and uh, just trying to have everybody do the right thing. Therefore, yeah, none of that kind of stuff is an issue. Yeah, so that's really interesting because one of the things that you know, I know a lot of people that are surfers. I mean, I've tried surfing, but I wouldn't call myself a surfer by any stretch. But I know a lot of people that are. And yeah. what one thing I and everyone's seen Point Break. Everyone's seen enough surfing stuff in, in, in our culture to know that there are, you know, certain areas where it's like locals only type mentality. Right. So have you yeah. ever, have you ever found yourself, uh, surfing in a place where you felt unwelcomed? Absolutely. Definitely. And, uh, that was, believe it or not, when I was younger, uh, on Long Island. Wow. Cause it was a, a very guarded scene, you know, um, back then people were like New York, there's no waves in New York. And that's how people wanted it to be known. Right. Uh, so if, if you went out East, you know, towards Montauk or whatnot, there is definitely localism hmm. and, uh, Florida definitely in the nineties, you know, the day of Kelly Slater, mm-hmm. everybody was chasing that dream, including myself. Um, so Things were tense and aggressive at times, and you know, people thought, "Yeah, that's how you got to be to be a good surfer." But as I've gotten older, it's definitely wrong, and it's not the right approach. Yeah. But back then, there was a real thing of localism, and then I've also seen it in other places. You know, it's out there. Yeah, yeah, of course. And do you think that that? I mean, over the from that time you were talking about where people were chasing the Kelly Slater dream to now has it dissipated? Is there less of that or is it just dependent upon where you go? I, I think it's actually gotten uh, more popular um, Interesting. all over the place, all over the place. Uh, back when I was younger, you know, you only had a certain time to surf, you know, and to get to progress. Therefore everybody on Long Island went to college in Florida mm-hmm. to surf year round and then they'd go to Costa Rica or any Nicaragua or Panama and get better and then go back to Long Island and that was it. But you know, you 
you definitely had to get yourself out there gotcha. and travel. Yeah, yeah. Um, so in addition to teaching safety, etiquette, and obviously how to surf, do you also teach any surf slang to your students? Not necessarily. I mean, uh, I know I talk kind of funny, and I definitely don't sound like I'm from up here, so maybe some of the words I do say are slang from Tom. <laughs> we all have a different accent, you know? Where are you guys just talking about that with my wife? Everybody sounds weird. New Jersey, New York, Maine, New Hampshire. You know, everybody's got their unique accent, yeah. and oh, that's yeah. what makes things cool. But, yeah. yeah. No, not really, you know. But I'm sure people have looked at me and been like, what are you talking about? <laughs> you know? Yeah. I was more like, so we have a, a crack research team at the No Outlet Podcast. And what they, they started looking online, like just checking out everything oh. that there is for surfing. And one yeah. thing that they they gave to me was the fact that there are, when you look up like uh, surf slang, there's a lot of different terms for <laughs> people that don't know how yeah. to surf. Like kooks, I guess, is one of them. Yeah. And, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's a bunch of other ones, and it seemed like there was more. There were more words yeah. to describe like annoying surfers than there were any other terms. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. there, there, there are, and uh, I guess that's another reason why I love it up here in Maine because it's not really too crowded up here. Sure. You know, sure. Yeah. So it's nice. I grew up in the crowds, and I'm kind of over it. <laughs> yeah, totally. All right, so here, here's, here's. Let's walk through a scenario. So somebody is. Uh, up in the area, maybe they're there for a month, maybe they're there for, you know, school, and they want to learn how to surf. Yes. What does it cost to take a lesson from Dave Oluevo? Uh It's $80 an hour, or for two hours, 140 and that includes the surfboard and the wetsuit. That's a bargain. That is a bargain. I mean, just because you don't even have – all you need to do is have the willingness to listen and the willingness yes. to want to learn how to surf – and you're yes. doing it for 80 bucks an hour. And, and that is, honestly, that's a great price. Um, that's really, really Thank cool. You. Yeah. Um, so in, you. in your opinion, uh, what is the greatest surf movie ever made? Uh, uh, my favorite is North Shore. North Shore. Yes. Yeah. And that's an 80s movie. And it's got a lot of the then a lot of the professional surfers and uh, the main guy who is the the big bully, his name is Laird Hamilton. Yep. Oh, boy. Yeah, he, big wave he, surfer. He, yeah, he played a guy named Lance Burkhart. <laughs> I think I've seen that movie when it first, first came out. Um, Anybody? Yeah, we've, we all of us know all of the words. It's just one of those movies. Right especially from back then. But, you know, I have many favorites. And, of course, The Endless Summer is a first, you know. Sure. Um, Beyond, Blaze, Beyond Blazing Boards was the first videotape I ever got. And that was uh, an Australian surf film. Very so cool. that was back in the, from the 70s. Wow. So, yeah. Yep. Um, so what are some examples of wildlife? So you've been surfing all over the world. You're out there. It's like... Uh, humans shouldn't necessarily be in the ocean. So you got to be respectful and there are creatures of all shapes and sizes and dispositions out there. So, so give our audience a couple of examples of, of creatures that live in the ocean that you've seen while you're surfing. 
Uh, well, I'll start off with a really nice story. Um, my wife and I were walking near Ponce Inlet and we noticed a few dolphins and I've surfed with dolphins so much, um, being in Florida, which is really magical and special. Um, we actually saw them giving birth to baby dolphins in the shore break. So it was not far off the beach. We were right there. Um, and, the, the male dolphin after the fact we Googled it and all was circling and basically protecting the mother and the babies no from any predator. Yep. So, uh, that was, I've had some really, like I said, magical experiences with dolphins and, you know, and now being up here, seals, you know, pop up and it's really neat. But, uh, no, I've seen all kinds of different creatures and just like, you know, we're in the ocean and there's a lot going on in the ocean as their home. Yeah. So it's the, the most, I just really teach people to be uh, vigilant and know where they are. And like I said, landmarks and currents and all of that stuff. So I've seen a lot in the ocean. So I'm just, I make sure that, you know, when everybody's out in the water with me, they're safe and I have my eyes open all over the place. So, yeah, that's cool. I mean, when I wrote that question down, I thought, all right, maybe he's going to say, you know, a seal maybe, but I never thought you were going to say dolphins giving birth and and multiple trips with dolphins. That's amazing. I mean, I think dolphins are one of the most amazing creatures in the ocean. They're so smart. They're so intelligent. I mean, there's a million stories of people being like, in real trouble mm-hmm. out in the middle of the ocean and mm-hmm. dolphins helping them get back to like the jet stream or whatever. Yeah. It's like, um, yeah. you know, that that's really magical to be able to, to watch something like that happen and experience that. That's really cool. Yeah. Thanks. It, 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 uh, it's one of those reasons that I look back and I'm just like, man, there's sure there's been some frustrating times and all on my own self journey mm-hmm. <laughs> to become better, a better surfer. But Mother Nature, there's nothing like it. And, I mean, I've surfed and I've looked down and there's been dolphins underneath me swimming. I paddled out and I see them coming at me riding waves. Wow. Um, You know, I've sat there and they've jumped right over me. I mean, literally a few feet from me, enough to scare me, you know. And it's like, oh, my gosh. But it's, yeah, it's... um, a very magical experience not to keep saying that but it's very very cool yeah for sure uh now do you you've been obviously surfing for a long time you worked at a place that sold boards you were yep. uh you were sponsored do you have a uh, a specific brand that is your like go-to surfboard brand that you surf today um, you know, uh I'm riding quiet flights out of Cocoa Beach, Florida. Um but I'm also riding all different kinds of equipment. So there's not necessarily anything out there that's getting to me right at the moment. That's but. cool. Yeah, that's cool. Um, so I, there was, I had a question written down here. You were talking about when you were surfing in contests, winning and losing. Well, the one thing that, that always struck me about surfing contests was the fact that it's so subjective. And there's also a lot of like yeah. – luck like a it's like if you don't get a good wave then you just don't get a good wave and then if you do get a good wave and for whatever reason the people that are judging don't feel like 
you did the most with it or whatever. It just seemed like, unlike other sports where there was more of a definitive way, like this person wins or this person doesn't, there's a lot of just style points or something, and it's up to everybody's interpretation. Did that ever frustrate yeah. you when you were in that mode, when you were in the contest? Like, you you must have had a situation where you thought you did better than they gave you points for. Yeah, yeah def- definitely has happened. Um, definitely have been on that side. Um, but my problem was, is you, at the time, you were only supposed to catch so many waves in a heat. And the heat usually would be like a half hour or something like that with six six guys. And uh, I would catch too many waves because I was just too amped, too excited. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't paying attention, but I was doing well. But, you know, if you catch too many waves at that time, you, you get deducted points. And, you know, it didn't end up too well for me. Right. But. That was a learning experience. So, yeah, I definitely know the frustration part of it, yes. Yeah, totally. Um, so of all the so all the places you've ever surfed, what's the biggest wave uh, that you've ever been on? Uh, it's hard to put it in height because it's just – it's kind of silly to say, oh, eight-foot wave, a 10-foot wave, a 20-foot wave. Mm-hmm. It was – I've been in some serious ocean conditions where I've, I felt fear yeah. if that you know, answers it, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah, no, that does, <laughs> that, does, that does answer it. Yeah, that's enough. Yeah. I mean, I, just, you know, you mentioned boogie boarding earlier. Like, that's, yeah. the, that's the closest I've come in a long time to surfing. And, you know, there, I was down mm-hmm. in Barbados with my family a number of years back, yeah. and and I remember even yeah. there, it's like, there, you know, it was like, I, again, it's hard to say like how big a wave it was, who knows, but it was big yeah. enough so that it slammed me into the ground when I was coming in. I was just boogie boarding, you know what I mean? So uh, it yeah. almost doesn't yeah. matter. Any, any size wave could do damage. So you know, yeah. if you're feeling yeah. fear, it's big enough, right? Yeah, fear is definitely, I've seen Coast Guard cutters disappear. I've seen a lot of stuff disappear. Wow. <laughs> And there's been some waves of consequence, definitely. I'm just not one to, like, you know, say this or that about it. Sure, sure. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Um, So you mentioned at the beginning of your journey, you ordered a a wetsuit from the magazine, turned out to be the wrong one. So can you educate our audience here? What's the difference between a wetsuit and a dry suit? And and if someone's out there and they've taken a lesson from you, you were nice enough to Mm -hmm. provide a a suit, but now they want to buy their own, what should they buy? Yep. Well, um, depending on what time of year they want to go surfing, uh, you definitely want to buy a wetsuit that's suited for surfing. You don't want to get something, you know, for triathletes or any of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, most of most of the suits up here, you know, you, when it's warm, you're in a three mil. Um, in the fall or spring, you're in a four three. In the winter, you're in a five three or six four. Okay. Um, that when you definitely want to have the right gear, otherwise you're going to be, uh, in trouble as far as hypothermia yep. and whatnot. Um, when I do give lessons, a lot of the time people do ask me, uh, the suits and, uh, all of that kind of stuff. And generally I always say to go a little thicker because you can be out in the water longer than necessarily something a little thinner yep. so you can get more time out of the year. Sure. But. And, uh, 
Yeah, it's really up to that person. But I always, you know, I bought, I had the wrong suit. I was a little kid. It was a little tiny spring suit. It was a two mil. Mm-hmm. So it was just, anybody in their right mind would have been like, that's not the right suit for you. But it's one of those lessons learned. That's and right. uh, I, I, I passed my knowledge on as far as uh, preparation. <laughs> nothing worse than freezing. <laughs> yeah, there is. You know what? I agree with that. There is nothing worse than freezing. I've noticed this summer, though. I, I normally the Atlantic is a little bit cold for me, but this summer the yep. ocean has been like scarily warm. Like we were up in Higgins yeah. Beach in Scarborough, Maine, yep. um, and. Nice. It was like we could stay in the water all day, and before it was like I barely could get past my ankles, being like, "No, that's enough." Like, have you noticed the same thing? Yeah. Definitely, yeah. absolutely. We were just talking about that. Yeah. Yep. It's pretty crazy. Not too bad. I don't really mind it. I mean, we just need some waves now. It's been a pretty small summer. <laughs> sure. Sure. Yeah. Um, so, what are your thoughts on the prevailing concept that hummingbirds make the best pets? That's a pretty good one because all we do is watch the hummingbirds outside. Oh, yes. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. We got the jewel. We all, we left it all and the bee bomb and all that. Yep. Oh, so they're going after everything. What's bee? Wait, hold on. Cause I'm a huge enthusiast, but I think you might've said something that I don't know about. What's, what's bee bomb? As a type of flower. Oh, okay. Cause I've just got like, yeah. I've got that, you know, normal, that, same hummingbird feeder that everyone's seen and it's just a straight four to one water to sugar ratio and it's like there are so many at night it's unbelievable it's great yeah it's uh, our front yard is a garden so that's all we get to see which is pretty rad yeah they're they're my favorite i mean birds are incredible but they are far and away my favorite bird maybe my favorite animal they're just so special the way they move they don't move like any other bird moves and it's just like they float it's incredible yeah 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 my favorite are cardinals cardinals there used to be this so i grew up in rye new hampshire and and my brother probably remembers this there was this red cardinal obviously they're all red but there was this cardinal that used to like bang up against it wasn't just like once but it kept like tapping at the window, like over and over and over oh, again wow. for like years. Wow. It was the craziest thing. Wow. I always felt like, you know, is this someone that used to live in this house that was like reincarnated right. as this cardinal is like trying to get back in? Or is it like, because yeah. yeah. you figure a bird hits a window once, mistake, all right, well, that's not any place right. I can go. But this bird just kept coming back for, I swear to God, it was oh, three man. or four years. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, it was pretty wild. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, That's so awesome. uh, we've got three questions left. Uh, two are well, one's really easy, and then we two are a little bit, little bit tougher. Uh, so oh. I'm going to start <laughs> with one of the tough ones. So Mount Rushmore, right. okay? Mount Rushmore is a monument out there in one of the Dakotas. I think it's North Dakota. I forget. And right now, it's got yeah. four uh, ex presidents up there. But you've been given a special privilege, um, and you've been told, "Hey, you know what?" We're going to change Mount Rushmore. Instead of being four ex-presidents, you, Debo, get to pick four surfers, four surfers that you know. They don't have to be pro. They can be anyone that you might know. Yeah. And you're going to replace those presidents with four surfers. Who are those four surfers? 
That's awesome. Uh, Chris Brown from Santa Barbara. Uh, John Logan from Ormond Beach. Um, <laughs> oh, there's so many. Uh, I guess I go with Frida Zamba from Flagler Beach. And Frida Zamba, yep, she's a four-time world champ from Flagler Beach, Florida. Um, And Andy Irons. And Andy Irons. And there is the Mount Rushmore of surfers. I love that. Um, Okay, there have been a lot of stories uh, recently uh, about UFOs and UFOs in and around the water coming out of the water, going back in the water, being seen by people that are in the Navy on ships. Um, how many UFOs have you seen? Jeez, good question. I'm usually, huh, not many. Okay. I'm usually in bed when it's bad. That might be, I asked that question to pretty much everybody, and that might be my favorite answer, not many. Uh, translation, zero. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, they're, they're, they, the UFOs are cruising around past your bedtime, right? Yeah, I think so. I, my bedtime's early. Yeah, 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 that's funny. You can stay out of trouble that way. Um, okay, last yeah. question, and as promised, the easiest one. Uh, so let's just say hypothetically, there are people on our audience, people listening at home that are interested in maybe taking a lesson, maybe giving a gift of a lesson to somebody, uh, for Christmas or for a birthday or for graduation or for any reason, uh, maybe they are retired and they want to get into it. Tell everybody how they can get in touch with Dave of the Wavo surf school, how they can get involved, how they can take a lesson. All right. Well, thank you again for everything. Uh, right now I'm using social media more than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, David, the widow one on Instagram and David Tulipan, T U L I P A N on Facebook. And, um, eventually I'm working on a website. Yep. But you know what? I mean, that, like you said, social media is free. It's there. Everyone has it. Everyone can find it. Um, so why not utilize that? And, uh, guys go check out his Instagram. He's got some, uh, he just started recently. He's already got pictures of students up there. Um, and, uh, as someone, I, I take improv classes with a woman who's really into surfing. She's been to uh, surf lessons. She's not, I wouldn't call her an accomplished surfer yet. Don't hate me, Ingrid for saying that, but she's, uh, she's a student and I'm going to let her know about this, and maybe she'll head up that way and take a lesson from you as well. But if you're interested at all, go check him out. Davo the Wavo one on Instagram. David, I hope I don't say this wrong. David Tulipan, is that correct? Yep, perfect. Thank you. David Tulipan on Facebook. And if you could see our, our in-studio audience here, they're on their feet. Uh, they're doing the wave, no pun intended. They've got big, huge flags with surfboards on it. Uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you. I, I love the idea of somebody uh, in that area of Maine. I love Maine. I grew up, I uh, raised my family in Maine. So I'm a big right fan on. of the Maine coastline. There's so much to be explored and so much to uh, to see. You, people don't realize how much is going on in Maine. And on top of everything else, now there is a uh, first-class surf school. Dave Oduevo, thanks for coming on the show, man. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. I appreciate it very much. Absolutely. Take care. You too. Thank you.